Greetings, kids, and welcome to Let Me Tell You What I Know, a podcast by The Real Nubian on Twitter where I talk about music, politics, pop culture, and whatever the hell I want, basically giving you my two cents that nobody asked for. Welcome to episode 7, and I really missed you guys. Uh, it's been a while since the Halloween episode. I have planned to record a few episodes with a couple of friends, but because of scheduling issues, I sound so important and busy right now. <laughs> it didn't work out in the past few weeks, especially as I live in the on the opposite side of the planet, and I'm at least seven hours ahead of the nearest friend I plan to record with. I'm also constantly exhausted, and it's probably time to get my iron and vitamin D levels checked. And because I'm a professional, <laughs> I keep inserting the Shangela meme here, she's a pro. I was pressed for content ideas and I decided to do a commentary on my epic Twitter feed. And a lot of shenanigans happen out there, so this is a reason for me to vent. And vent uh, is what I do on Twitter, so I have a safe space for for taking out all the negative thoughts and feelings, uh, and it makes my real life very, very peaceful and zen. So first things first, happy Indigenous People Day, my dear Americans. The food photos are breaking my heart, and my friend Tanisha posted her meal, and I'm very jealous. Here's a short story for you. The first time I tried the Thanksgiving menu was in 2007. A group of American healthcare workers came to our hospital to help us develop a trauma unit. Most of them were Southerners, from Birmingham, Alabama to be exact. So when we got the invite to the Thanksgiving dinner, I was very excited. And only to find out that these lazy bums had the event catered, and not by American restaurants, but by a Filipino woman who cooked all the food. And while I have to admit that the food was delicious and the lady did a great job, (laughs) we were completely robbed of the authenticity of the experience. Maybe next time I visit the US, I'll try to come around this time of year so I can enjoy an authentic Thanksgiving meal. And of course, Thanksgiving is a public holiday and it's another opportunity for people to gather with friends and family. So here's my segue into talking about the pandemic. In any other year, this would have been lovely, but since 2020 is a dumpster fire, common sense would say that controlling the spread of a dangerous virus is more important than gathering with people and eating. So people in the US, I won't mince my words here. We're divided into the sensible group who will continue isolating and social distancing and celebrate the holiday remotely, as I would say, on Zoom or whatever, or in very small groups. And the other group who thinks uh, all kinds of ridiculous thoughts about this pandemic and decided not to cancel Thanksgiving in a time where the number of cases is in an all-time high and a number of states have already declared that they are out of ICU beds, which essentially means that if someone develops lung failure because of COVID-19, which is a very unpredictable virus, unlike what they say about how it only affects the elderly or people with um, other medical conditions like diabetes or obesity or whatever, they might not be afforded a ventilator and they will simply die. So I don't understand how people can put themselves and their loved ones in such a risk. And unfortunately, many of these covidiots, as the Twitter meme would say, are actually healthcare workers. And this deeply concerns me. And I'm looking at you, Dr. Mike. <laughs> Let me drag this guy for a little bit. He's a physician, uh, and he also has a YouTube channel with, with millions of followers and more than 30 videos about COVID-19 precautions. Last week, or last weekend to be exact, some photos of him partying in Miami 
uh, have res- have resurfaced, and he was acting like 2020 has never happened. <laughs> he was in a boat with a, with a bunch of people, probably more than 10 or 12 people in the photo, no masks, uh, as if we are not in a pandemic and we are required to social distance, etc. And uh, he was definitely called out on social media. A lot of people were disappointed, especially people who've been watching him and listening to him warn people about the virus and the proper precautions and the CDC guidelines, etc. And eventually he had to come out and apologize. And his apology was terrible too. I mean, you were exposed on a very big scale, yet you initially choose to apologize via a representative or on your Discord server. And then when the call-out was so harsh, he decided to apologize on his second YouTube channel that has about 50 to 60,000 followers or subscribers instead of his main channel, which has millions, like probably six or seven million followers. I don't know the number, but it's like more than a million. So something at least 10 times uh, of a reach more than his side channel. And I felt that his main concern when he apologized was his credibility, which is probably the reason behind his popularity. And while I acknowledge that many fawn all over his looks, I have eyes and I can clearly see that he's just another mediocre white man who happens to be tall, probably conventionally good looking and a doctor. (laughs) So no shade to people who like him, but he's suspicious and then just minutes or like not to be dramatic like half an hour before i started recording a new friend on twitter called carry on chronically who happens to have a youtube channel as well so this lovely lady suggested for me to watch his video responding to the uh, video uh, or segment on john oliver's show uh, talking about bias in the medical field and wow, that was that was terrible. John Oliver's segment uh, describes the discrimination in medical field that happens either between uh, male and female patients or be- a gender discrimination, and of course the well-known racial discrimination, where black people, for example, in the United States, are documented to have their symptoms disregarded. There is a trend to suggest that they have a higher tolerance for pain, so when they complain their symptoms are downplayed. Another example is they don't get referred for kidney transplant or nephrology treatment early enough because there was a study once upon a time that said that their blood test when it pertains to kidney disease read higher naturally than white people. (laughs) I, I, I kid you not guys, I trained in the Middle East. I know we have been exposed to American medical books and British medical books, but I was never taught this nonsense in my life, okay? So this blew my mind when I found out about it a few years ago. Anyway, so the good Dr. Mike proceeds to use the common centrist tactics. He reviews the studies that are presented in the John Oliver segment, but then adds questions like, Are we sure there is bias because people are biased or there was another reason? Are we sure that these doctors, blah, 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 didn't mean to be biased, etc. And then he starts adding how happy he is that the medical authorities and governing bodies like the American Heart Association, etc. are spending money on improving services and are paying attention to the disparities in care and how the future is expected to be all rainbows and butterflies. 
It was really strange to see him trying to make himself look good, I guess, instead of properly responding to the criticisms in the John Oliver video. And he was not making any suggestions of how these disparities can be solved now. So, cancelled. <laughs> I'm sure he's not gonna be cancelled. His career is not gonna be impacted. Nobody's gonna care. And his stance will remain his stance forever. But this was just an example of covidiots in the medical field who really grind my gears. And earlier today, which would be last night for you guys, because we're like nine hours apart, uh, there was a TikTok of um, this lady exposing a nurse who was actually r ridiculous and irresponsible enough to expose herself on TikTok. Did she think that nobody would inform her employer of what she was posting? Anyway, she posted, She here's the kicker, she works as an oncology nurse, which means that her patients are some of the most immunocompromised patients in the medical field because of chemotherapy, etc. And bone marrow ablation treatments and so forth. So these patients are sensitive to infection to the greatest degree. And she posts on TikTok that wait until my colleagues or my whatever find out that I don't wear a mask when I go out, I still travel, and my kids have playdates. It blew my mind. <laughs> Again, I keep getting mind blown a lot in the, in the <laughs> in these Twitter streets. So anyway, I was upset and mad and irritated because what is the point of going into the medical field if you are not going to care for your patients? And I tweet a lot about how, first of all, medical schools and probably nursing schools do the same, have the same problem. They don't really screen their candidates well. They care about grades, they care about probably, let's say in the Middle East, they care about the social status of their applicants. They care about their financial status as well, if they can pay the fees or not. But they never screen for people who have empathy, people who can let go of their biases. They never screen for biases. There, I've never seen a medical school curriculum that actually talks to the students about racial bias, gender bias, whatever bias we want to talk about, uh, how their religious beliefs would affect their practice and how they treat different patients. Nobody talks about that. Everybody expects the doctor to automatically treat patients equally, compassionately, empathetically, empathetically, and this doesn't happen. Adding to that, a lot of narcissists actually join the medical field uh, because they crave attention and praise. So. I'm assuming that Miss Nurse over here is one of these personalities because she thought of herself first and the comfort of her the comfort that she wanted to experience in her life and the joy of traveling unnecessarily during a pandemic and how she wants her kids to have playdates because probably they were like driving her crazy and she never thought about her actual patients. Are you are you kidding me? So, it the word on the street is that she's been fired and the medical or the nursing board responsible for employing her has been notified or informed. I really, really hope she loses her license and cancel culture actually does something about this because of course cancel culture would affect middle class and lower class people. It doesn't affect the rich and famous. So anyway, yeah, that was my rant about, about 
<laughs> the medical field and the pandemic. And I hope we survive this pandemic, but many people are making it harder and longer for the world to come back to normal. Anyway, back to my epic Twitter feed. A few things have happened in the past few days, and the first item of the itinerary is Sia, William Shatner and the autistic community. Uh, the very popular and well-loved Sia, singer, etc., decided to write and direct a movie about autism, starring her favorite, Maddie Ziegler, who has a long working relationship with Sia since 2014 and the Chandelier video. Before that, Maddie Ziegler was a star on Dance Moms with Abby Lee something. Anyway, the girl is famous, talented, wonderful, and lovely. However, she was cast as the, as the lead character in the movie, an unverbal autistic girl called Music. And apparently the girl sees the world as elaborate and very colorful music videos, very reminiscent of Sia's usual productions. Uh, there are a few problems with this presentation. The first one is that in a time where everyone is acknowledging that representation in the media actually matters, she chose an non-autistic actor to portray the role. And there would have been many autistic actors to portray the role, repeating myself here, <laughs> and give a more authentic portrayal of the character, but she decided not to even screen test them for the, for, for the, for the part. Uh, the second problem is that she says she has worked with, in collaboration with an autism organization, which would have been fine if people didn't find out that she worked with Autism Speaks, an organization that actually autistic people, like one phrase, actually autistic people, consider a hate group because of the way it portrays and treats people with aut on the autism spectrum. Another anecdote for you guys. <laughs> The first time I heard about the organization with its famous puzzle piece logo was in 2010, when Holly Robinson-Pete um, chose it as her charity of choice while participating on The Celebrity Apprentice. Back then, there was no backlash or criticism. But nowadays, because autistic people, especially autistic adults, speak about their own experiences and they voice their concerns and criticisms to the various ways they've been treated, by parents, community, and medical professionals, etc. They voiced out how this organization has caused many of them severe harm. I think I would listen to the people with the lived-in experience instead of those who are on the outside looking in, like Sia. Now, Sia's, the third problem was Sia's abysmal reaction to the criticism. She was inconsistent with presenting the facts about her research and preparation methods to make the movie, and then proceeded to respond to criticism as a petulant child, clapping back, being passive-aggressive, and then pouting because people won't watch her movie before criticizing it, which shows that the point completely flew all over her head. She's missing the issue of criticism. People are concerned about the casting choices and the organization she chose to consult with. So anyway, it's a dumpster fire. It's still going on. And while I'm recording this, she's still responding and clapping back, although we were hoping her publicist took away her phone. <laughs> and then she was defended, of course, by three groups of people. Group one was her faith faithful stance, who just kept repeating that people should watch the movie before they criticize it. We have already discussed this point and it's mute already. Moot, 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 okay? It's moot. Two was the anti-diversity weirdos who have to jump in every time a casting choice is criticized 
telling everyone that the actor acting ability is more important than their identity or background and Scarlett Johansson can artist and she can play a tree if she wants to Stephen King's rant on Twitter telling us that quality is more important than diversity well no shit Sherlock because these people create a false dichotomy and I love using fancy English words I love that anyway there's a false dichotomy where you can have uh, a diverse authentic cast in a movie or characters in a book without sacrificing the quality you don't have to have it either way you can have both they're not mutually ex exclusive and there are excellent actors from all backgrounds who can portray various characters that represent their respective communities laziness of production teams should not be accepted anymore third group <laughs> And, and here's where my meddling ass comes in, is William Shatner. He gets his own group. <laughs> the famous Captain Kirk from Star Trek, who proves now, and has been proving that forever, that Captain Jean-Luc Picard is superior because Patrick Stewart is the sweetheart and a legend, Sir has been showing his ass for weeks. Uh, first, he had a transphobic rant, probably, I'm not sure, a few weeks or a few months ago, but it was within the past three months. And um, okay, seeing my friends uh, on Twitter, a number of whom are on the autism spectrum, arguing with him because he decided that they are snowflakes <laughs> and shouldn't criticize Sia's movie or something like that, and then showering the timeline with ableist comments about applied behavioral analysis or ABA, which is a form of therapy that the organization Autism Speaks advocates for, is okay because autism is not an excuse for bad or rude behavior. <laughs> which of course he's the last and worst bomb, saying that autistic kids should not act like savages and society will shun you if you don't behave, which is ignorant, ableist, and low-key racist. It's about an uneducated society that lacks empathy. They cannot control their actions because of their autism, and they cannot be informing him about their lived experiences and linking scientific articles. And he was like, nope, this boomer is not having it. It, it was embarrassing. And he described them as self-victimizing and virtue signaling. And this annoys me to no end. And I had to even call him out on it and co-tweet him, etc is the disingenuous expression of moral values with the intent to enhance one's own image. How are autistic people who are describing their experiences, experiences to you virtue signaling? It doesn't make any sense, okay? We're sharing their concerns with him in the most polite way. Someone actually of his fans said to him that he shouldn't back down to the mob. What mob? What are you talking about? But anyway, this has been like a common language used to deflect from criticism that the mob is attacking X person. So he shouldn't back down to the mob who are trying to stifle his individualism. And here's the problem I have with this, because this is not art class. Lived experiences, medical information, and scientific facts are not subject to opinions. So him being an obtuse, ableist dinosaur doesn't make him a maverick in the cancel culture climate of the authoritarian left and SJW world. He is an asshole. So anyway, he co-tweeted many of my friends and then blocked them. And I feel left out, honestly. <laughs> this feels like the kid misbehaving deliberately so they can join their other nods in detention. 
now I'm officially over the C and William Shatner war on Twitter. The next story I want to talk about is Meghan Markle, who has born in the side of white racist Brits since she got engaged to Prince Harry. And with the comments and articles criticizing the women for the slightest things, it's weird and they are not even transgressions. She was once criticized while pregnant with a baby with baby for putting her hand on her baby bump in a photo. Apparently this makes her an attention whore. When anyone who was pregnant knows that you put your hand on your stomach naturally. Sometimes you want to feel closer to your baby and sometimes your muscles are just stretching way too much for you to handle and you feel like you want to support them with your hand. It can happen, okay? Anyway, uh, she shared a story of a recent miscarriage that she has suffered and this made her haters flip their lids. I actually expected the backlash but not to this horrible level. So, my friend Duena, aka Glamazon1026 on Twitter and YouTube, who is an amazing YouTuber and makeup artist, shared a woman accusing Megan of essentially faking the miscarriage for clout. And the horrible. Accusing her of faking the information to, comp- to compete with Princess Kate for the spotlight because the dog passed away. So I imagine accusing someone of faking a miscarriage to compete with a dead dog. Makes sense to anybody to talk about how she's a pathological liar and a narcissist and sharing photos of her from the same period when the miscarriage allegedly happened when she was laughing in a photo and it's unfathomable for them that a person who suffered a traumatic experience would share it publicly that's one problem for them or have a moment of levity and laugh met ripple ever ever anyway i have so many problems with this because one Racism is clearly playing a role in why these people are losing their minds. There is no solid evidence to any of the accusations they put on her. And if they don't want to seem hateful and unhinged, they just resort to calling her arrogant or insufferable. She seems sweet and down to earth and quite nice, so I don't see how she's arrogant or insufferable. Not everyone thinks of traumatic moments the same way. Some choose to share with to share them with the public or with friends, etc. for seeking solidarity, finding a community, or comforting others who suffered the same trauma that they are not alone. It's a personal choice that she shouldn't be chastised for or accused of cloud chasing. Cloud chasing irritates me. I mean the phrase, not the actual cloud chasing. And especially in competition with the dead pet. Come on. And the third point is that the Fagan and Harry are in the midst of a legal battle with some tabloid over preserving their privacy. That they can't share personal news and information on their own accord. Have these people ever heard of the word consent? Rant about Meghan Markle is over. <laughs> you all can go back to watching The Crown. The thing that header uh, feed is the ever stunting on the hose and flexing Scotland, who announced that periodics will be free for whoever needs them, whomever needs them. My proper English is dead. <laughs> anyway, great news. And I don't see why the government shouldn't make these important products free or subsidized when we demonstrate. This is the biology card we were dealt, okay? So that the pink tax exists is even more troubling. How can anyone tax an essential product as a luxury item? It's weird. And I can't think of any reason for a government to come up with a regulation like this 
except unbridled misogyny, to be honest. Anyway, I on Twitter and a lot of men in the replies were losing their shit again. Screams are not free, but are paid for by taxes, which is fair. But these men don't get mad when their tax money is used for the military budget, bailouts, stock market bailouts, paying politicians exorbitant salaries. Heck, aren't they mad that the taxpayers fund the royal family in the UK? Or Trump's secret service expenses where his kids go hunting in Africa for wild game with the secret service? Or Melania lived in New York for a while instead of living in the White House? And that way it's a problem when it funds period products, a socialist healthcare system, or pardoning the, the college student loans. Such a disaster, isn't it? This segues into the other conversation that happened on my Twitter feed last week. The student loans. Uh, Joe Biden announced recently that he essentially plans to pardon college student debts to a debt to a certain degree. I'm not really sure about the details, but this made many people upset. Here's what I found out about it. Uh, that student debt in the United States has a certain way of calculating, co- calculating compounded interest rates and that can be crippling for anyone who chooses to pursue higher education. And this opinion is not the student's fault, but the system's fault. However, the detractors' first and most ridiculous argument is, well, I worked hard to pay off my student loans. Why should others get off scot-free? And this is very selfish and short-sighted opinion. Easy debt from a large segment of society, especially when this debt was for a good reason like education and in an unfair and predatory way, is for the common good. And this is as ridiculous as someone who was not offered vaccines in their childhood and now gets mad that these vaccines are made available for, are made available for children for free. Another point is the assertion that go to college if you can afford it or get a trade job instead if you can't. This is classist, elitist, and restricts education to people who are already wealthy, and they can become lawyers, doctors, engineers, etc. And that annoys me, uh, degrees are useless. And they like to date degrees like philosophy, social studies, gender studies, etc. And this is one, anti-intellectualism. And these fields are actually important in the progress of society, and this has been proven scientifically for centuries. So, course, doesn't negate that there should be more effort put into the improvement of basic education, which is, for example, from the first grade to the twelfth grade, because not one can or wants to go to college after finishing high school. But they should be able to take care of themselves financially and enter the job market, because I'm pro-BI. They need to have a basic level of education that allows them to actually process the world as a society expects them to be. So things like basic sex education, like proper sex education, where they are aware of basic biology, how bodies work, and how to have access to uh, uh, some financial literacy, like the ability to manage their finances, pay their taxes, understand credit scores, or whatever weird stuff happening in the US. <laughs> information and detect misinformation, not to be fooled by the media, politicians, etc about Scotland and Scotland, Scotland, I have to mention it properly now, and period products that veered into the American college student debt. Now, let me talk to you about my beef with Matt Gates, the Florida Republican representative or senator. I don't know, and I honestly don't care. I think he's a congressman, I think. Anyway, 
The first time I heard about him was during the Trump impeachment trial, when he stormed one of the closed hearings with a bunch of his compatriots. And apparently that was an illegal thing to do, but nothing was done about it. Anyway, he continued to be an asshole when it came to different issues and discussions and gives off this obnoxious high school jock vibe whose rich daddy bails him out every time he commits a crime so he grows up without any sense of accountability or empathy and then goes into politics because this is what his does or expects of him. He's terrible. And a few months ago, he announced that he was isolating after exposure to COVID-19. But he asked if his test results were actually negative or positive. Last week, he was arguing with someone on Twitter and to that person, accused him of contracting COVID-19 because he had the antibodies, <laughs> but never contracted the virus. And I ask, I have to ask, inquiring minds would like to know, sir, were you a part of the vaccine trials? Were you working with warp speed operation? Because how can you have the antibodies without contracting the virus or getting vaccinated? Did you participate in the vaccination trial? Have you finally done something good for humanity? I would like to know. So now every time I see his tweets on my timeline, I have to drop this question in his mentions or co-tweet him. <laughs> and frankly, it's becoming an enjoyable trolling exercise for me because I don't think he will abound or even be <laughs> at this stage. But I'll never get tired of this. Every time I see him, it's on site. I'm asking you this question. How did you get the antibodies without getting the virus? Explain. I'm sure in, in an amazing like parallel world, someone asking him like, uh, like Katie Porter and her whiteboard, I stand, or one of the squad members, he would have to respond because these are his peers and a girl can dream. <laughs> um, other apps I've been indulging in. Is going through the Eurovision Song Contest rabbit hole. This this basically started on Twitter and then ended up on YouTube. Someone posted the question, what is the best fake song that only exists in a movie, TV show, etc. and was never made to the real world? And I immediately thought of the soundtrack of Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. <laughs> it's about a musical duo called Fire Saga, played by Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. And they come from a small town in Iceland, uh, and by late, they are, they are chosen to represent their country in the annual Eurovision Song Contest. The contest might seem un-Americans or people in the far Middle East or whatever. However, for Europe, it's a huge deal. It's a big thing. Uh, it started sometimes in the 50s, the 1950s, to bring European communities together after the Second World War. And I've known about the every couple of years the competition pops on my radar, like when the Austrian Conchita Wurst participated in their all-gender-bending glory. And it was released in the spring of this year. I really, really enjoyed it. That tweet, like two days ago, reminded me of the movie. And I went to uh, YouTube to the, my two songs on the two soundtrack. Uh, the first one is Hosevik, the fire to the final competition. A song off where in one important scene of the movie the current and former contestants are attending a party and they go on this glorious mashup of songs like Madonna's Ray of Light, Shares Believe and T Tonight's Gonna Be a Good Night by the Black Eyed Peas and they have a fiddler. <laughs> 
who represented Norway a couple of years ago. It was amazing. And um, there's on YouTube about the competition. Include audiences tune in and vote for the winners, pretty much like American Idol and similar shows, but without bearing judges. Uh, the competition launched the career of many well-known artists like ABBA, who won the competition in the 70s with their song Waterloo, and Celine Dion, who for some reason represented Switzerland in the late 80s. I don't get it. I don't understand how. But for a moment, uh, I thought that my information about her were incorrect, and she was probably a Swiss citizen who immigrated to Canada. But no, she's still the French-Canadian I have known her to be. The evolution of, this song, of the songs actually shows the evolution of Western music in general. Where like the smooth old songs of the 50s and 60s, and then you see the crazy stuff that came out in the 80s. It's very in sync and Britney Spears similar productions. And then the current music right now, very much here in pop music worldwide. Another thing that it showed me was the bit of diversity in European communities. For example, when France is represented by French people of color, like in the recent few years there were like contestants of African descent or Arab descent. So it was really common misconception that the music is what is labeled Euro trash. The songs are actually great and well produced and they sing live, which I truly, truly, truly appreciate. <laughs> of songs from the various years to my favorites list and I'll be paying attention. So it was cancelled this year for obvious reasons but they actually released the, the competing songs in, in the beginning of the year so you can find them on their website or their YouTube page and some of them are actually really fun and nice. This was not answered by the Eurovision Song Contest but they can if they want to for taking sponsors anytime and next otherwise my twitter life still involves arguing with misogynist transphobic people racist etc and i wanted to talk about the return of jordan peterson but i'm scared of his fans <laughs> i'm also watching the american elections because as expected donald j trump did not concede to the election results which shows that Joe Biden and Senator Harris won the popular vote by a whopping 80 million. Probably the most voted for ticket in the history of the United States. And many swing states uh, vote uh, manipulated, etc. Especially because of the highest number of absentee and mail-in ballots this year. What this man was expecting. It is only predictable that people who vote blue are more cautious about the pandemic and will not vote in person especially on the 3rd of November, and they will either vote very early or remotely. So then he embarked with his band of his incompetent and unscrupulous lawyers, led by Rudy Giuliani and the likes of Sidney Powell, who promised us to release the Kraken and gave us nothing, to, to file failing lawsuits in multiple states and lose almost all of them, and try to undermine the integrity of the election process and officials. Many people were actually exposed as Trump supporters, and it fr it's frankly embarrassing at this stage to declare their support for this terrible president with nothing but misinformation that is so easy to debunk. Such as Georgia. This is a Stacey Abrams 10 account, by the way. So, <laughs> this time, Trump not only lost the popular vote, just like last time, but also the electoral college votes. 
And of course, he had zero grace, as we all expected, and his enablers and stands proceeded to undermine the voting process, accusing it of being a fraud, or Trump will eventually concede and leave the White House in January, whatever sh- with, with... Anyway, it seems that Trump will eventually concede and leave the White House in January with whatever shred of dignity I hope he has left, Although it would be very entertaining to watch him get dragged out of there kicking and screaming, then unceremoniously end up in prison. Fingers crossed. The eyes are now all on Georgia's Senate runoff, uh, where the Democratic candidates Ossoff and Warnock against, are running against the Republican sitting candidates Kelly Loeffler and, Ke- and David Perdue. And I especially dislike Kelly Loeffler. She annoys me to no end. But of course, David Perdue applies. Uh, gets the same treatment. They are absolutely terrible on so many levels, but I can promptly recall Loeffler's transphobic bathroom bill and her continued participation in maskless events that she actually recently contracted COVID-19 and how she and Purdue uh, are thinking about the incoming viral outbreaks months before it became like the known pandemic that it is in the beginning of the year. And instead of warning and protecting their constituents, they decided to buy stocks that made them more rich than more rich than what they are right now. The insider trading, and I will not get it if they don't end up in jail. And I know it would be some white-collar five-star jail a la Martha Stewart, but it would be jail nonetheless. Brings me to the end of this impromptu and long overdue, and yes, I got bars <laughs> episode. Interesting enough. To encourage to follow the podcast and come back for future episodes. The podcast is hosted on Anchor and it's available on most streaming podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And also don't forget to check out my other podcast, She Reads Black, where I review speculative fiction books by black authors. And speculative fiction is a broad term for science fiction, fantasy, novels, etc. Uh, the first book review is already available. Take care of yourselves and others, and because the pandemic is not over, wear a mask, wash your hands, and continue social distancing. I can't wait to catch up with you guys in the upcoming episodes.